Welcome to the New Life Millbrook Weekly Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about this podcast or other resources, please visit nlmillbrook.com. So great to be here today. Last week, we started a series called Say What? Um, we talked about our, our words, how that there is life and death and the power of our tongue, how we speak, how we communicate, what's going on. Uh, if you're new with us for the first time or you missed last week, there is a swimming pool behind me and a chair because last week I preached in a lifeguard outfit um, as, a, as a person who is watching and active and looking after because there's life and death in what we say. So we're watching our words, um, and in the pool behind me, in the chair behind me, we had Cole, who was a beach bum lifeguard, who didn't care that anybody was drowning, and didn't care about what was going on. So I wanted to leave that up, because we're going to continue talking about the words. And I want you to understand that right now, with this message, for many of us, possibly, probably, yours truly included, that in this message, it's not that there's a lifeguard that is asleep at the wheel, there's most likely a lifeguard taking a break, and he's not even watching. So today's a fun message um, uh, because we're going to continue talking about words. Let's pray, and we're going to dive into it. God, we just thank you for this day. We thank you that we have the ability to come into this place uh, without fear of retribution, without uh, concern for our well-being. But God, we can come today and listen uh, to the words that are spoken, Father God. But Lord, I just ask that you uh, not let it be just my words or things that I've studied, but God, let it be anointed by you. Uh, Let your words uh, pierce the hearts and souls of everyone, including myself, God. Let it be life-changing. Let it be uh, applicable to our lives. Let us use it on Tuesday, not just a good word on a Sunday. And we just ask you for it in your name. Amen. Last week we watched... Um, a comedian get physically assaulted on international television. Uh, if you are watching the news, if you have watched anything on social media, you watched a man named Chris Rock make a joke about Will Smith, and Will Smith jumps. Will Smith's wife, she, he jumped up on stage and smacked him in the face, really, really hard. And I don't know if you have seen Will Smith recently. He's not out of shape, so. That had to have hurt. What we saw was that we, words, words caused a man to create a crime in front of live television. Words got this man to physically assault somebody, which in his line of work could cost him millions upon millions. In our line of work, It'd have probably been 60 days in jail. But in his line of work, it'd have been millions. I say that because we're going to continue talking about how words have the power to give life and the power to cause death. Now, what's crazy about this story with Chris Rock and Will Smith is that just like the past five years of America, everybody automatically has to pick a side. So with what I'm saying, I'm not saying... Anybody was right. I think they're both stupid, but that's just my two cents. I will tell you this, though. I watched somebody assault somebody because of words. No one was physically endangered. No one's life was in harm. There was no such thing as self-defense. But words, right, wrong, or indifferent, whether you think it was a joke and comedians have that right for freedom of speech, or whether you think he took it too far, his words triggered somebody. 
words trigger you. And words trigger me. There's a story of four men sitting at a Bible study. They're searching after God. They're trying to do their best. They've been convicted recently. They decided that they would four, all four of them sit at a coffee shop, meet, and out of this message that was preached, they decided that they would sit down and they would open up and not just have surface relationships, but deep relationships. They would open up about the issues in their lives. And the first man sat down and said, hey guys, I've got some problems. I've got a temper. It's a bad temper. I get triggered. Somebody cuts me off the road. I follow them. I scream at them. I wave my hands at them. I cuss at them. My kids do something. It takes everything within me not to just grab them by their hair. My wife does something. I just, I'm dealing with rage. I'm dealing with anger. I, I have a short fuse. I say things I shouldn't say. I do things I shouldn't do. My temper's out of control. I said, man, thanks for telling us. And so they prayed for him. He wept. He goes, man, I appreciate it, guys. It means a lot. The next guy goes, well, I've got an issue with lust. My computer to my phone to what I watch on television to a waitress walking by to somebody in my office. It doesn't matter. My mind is going a million miles an hour. I, 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 I don't want to do this. I just can't help it. My thoughts are just out of control. I'm married. I do love my wife. I, I love my kids. But I just can't stop thinking about all these other women and yada, yada, yada. And he's breaking down. And they prayed for him and said, thanks. The third man goes, I deal with lying. You see my car, you see my clothes, it's all a sham. I don't make as much money as you think I make. I am actually going into bankruptcy. Every story that I tell is a lie, it's a fish story. Uh, I'm not that great, I'm not, I just lie about everything. I can't help it, I just, I just lie, I just lie, I just can't help it. And he's just uh, confessing everything and they pray for him and he seems better. The fourth guy goes, man, I am nothing like you three. I deal with gossip and oh my God, I cannot wait to get out of this meeting. <laughs> Usually when we think about sins that we need to overcome, it's, it's anger, it's lust, it's lying, it's stealing, it's whatever. And, but the vast majority of us, our words, gossip, is not on that list. When we go through our, our confessions and we go through our repentance and we, when we get our lives right with God, most of the times people aren't running to the altar sobbing, God, I've been talking about other people. No. No. Usually what happens is that we don't gossip. Not at all. We don't deal with it at all. What we do is say, hey ladies, we really, we really should pray for Pastor Marsha. Listen, I know this is a safe place, and I know you guys have her best interest at heart, but she deals with anger, and... I'm going to keep going now. <laughs> and uh, listen, she physically beats her husband. She beats their dog. He's 125 pounds, and the moment she rolls up a paper, he cowers in fear. Now, listen, I know y'all are praying warriors, so I just... I just really think that we should lift her up today. And they're all like, oh, absolutely. 
poor Alan, poor Baron. We're going to pray for her. But that's not gossip. That's prayer, right, guys? That's just us praying for each other, right? No, when I think of the issues of church people, because we're not going to talk about the world. We're talking about us. Think about the issues of church people. I really, 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 really feel like the topic of gossip should be at the top of our list to eradicate. If we're going to have a pure and holy life, gossip has got to be on the forefront of what we do. Because in the body of Christ, there's a lot of people that you know about, but there's not a lot of people that you actually know of. And the enemy is continually wanting to create wedges in our relationships. If you have taken notes, I want you to write this phrase down. This is going to be a huge part. If you get one thing, I want you to hear this one statement. It is always easier to have negative conversations about someone than difficult conversations with someone. It is always easier to have negative conversations about someone than to have difficult conversations with someone. And this is where gossip kicks in. It's so much easier for me to talk to Daryl about Bill and Bill's issues than it is to go to Bill about Bill's issues. It's easier for me to do that. Why? Because gossip always takes the path of least resistance. You know who else does that? The enemy. The enemy wants to do that. And what happens is that gossip has become an atomic bomb to our church bodies because it kills all three people. The person speaking, the person listening, and the person being talked about. There are no winners in gossip. Everybody is negatively affected. You know, right now we're watching, or have been watching over the past, was it 38 days, 39 days, uh, things have taken place in Ukraine, and we've watched strategic airstrikes, and we've watched non-strategic airstrikes. But you know what happens is an atomic bomb doesn't look for military installations. It wants to destroy areas of land. And gossip doesn't have a specific target it kills everything. See, gossip is the poison that many times we drink without even realizing we're drinking it. Another reason why we should really talk about gossip is because God hates it. Hates it. In fact, we're going to throw some verses on. We're going to do rapid fire, so we're going to, we're going to test Tripp's ability to click through Scripture verses or not. 1 Corinthians 6, 9-10 through 10 says, Or do you not know that wrongdoers will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived, neither sexual immorality, or idolatries, nor adulterers, or, or men who have sex with men, nor thieves, or, the, or greedy, or drunkards, or slanderers, or swindlers, will inherit the kingdom of God. Uh, in Romans, you guys can throw that one up real quick. Uh, Romans tells us this, being filled with all unrighteousness, wickedness, greed, in, evil, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, malice, they are gossips, slanders, haters of God insolent, arrogant, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents without understanding, untrustworthy, unloving, 
uh, unmerciful. These are people that God despises. Uh, Matthew says this, For out of the heart comes evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false witness, and slander. Ephesians says, Let all bitterness, wrath, and anger, and and clamor, and slander be put away from you along with all malice. Corinthians 12 says this, For I fear that perhaps when I come I may not find you as I wish, and that you may not find me as you wish. Perhaps... There is quarreling, jealousy, anger, hostility, slander, gossip, conceit, and disorder. And then Proverbs uh, wraps it all in right now. And it has this in Proverbs 6, 16. It says this, There are six things which the Lord hates, seven which are an abomination to him, haughty eyes, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that run rapidly to evil, a false witness who utters lies, and one who spreads strife among brothers. The common denominator here is not sexual sins or violence, but sins with our mouth. Think about that. Think about our big pet peeve sins. Maybe it's a liar. Maybe it's a thief. Maybe you're a, 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 it's a sexual sin. Maybe it's an issue with uh, your thought process, whatever it is, but God looks at it and goes, no, 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 no. The biggest issue that he's talking about right now, the thing that he despises more than anything, is how we are continually causing uh, strife with our gossip, how we're continually causing division with our words. So what is gossip? Usually we have a, a pretty narrow definition of what we think gossip is, and we'll say things like, it's an untrue statement about somebody else. Well, Peter, I don't do that. I don't want to hurt anybody. My intention, God knows my heart. He also hears your words. No, but gossip has become quite a way of life in our lives. When, uh, with, with the news and social media and presidential campaigns or whatever it is, talking about somebody else is just part of what we live with now. It's like the proverbial fish who's swimming in toxic waters who doesn't know he's dying yet. Doesn't understand that the thing he is living in is continually killing him day by day. Biblically, there's a few breakdowns for the words that have. One is a person who reveals secrets. It's a whisperer. The picture is somebody into somebody else's ear. I love this one. It's a bubbling out of somebody to talk against or down or to speak negative about someone. So let's have a working definition about gossip today. And this, gossip is passing on privileged or unconfirmed information, often that would portray someone in a negative light. Gossip is passing on privileged or unconfirmed information that often would portray someone in a negative light. The old English word, gossip, it comes from this whole idea of somebody who would invite somebody to uh, their, uh, when they were giving birth. They would bring in a trusted friend into the room. They didn't have hospitals like we do now, but they would bring in, along with the, the midwives or whoever else was there, they'd bring in a friend, and that friend's responsibility was to run out announce what's going on, and to run back in. In other words, when somebody was in their most vulnerable place, this person was talking about them in their vulnerability. 
to people who weren't privileged in that room. So what gossip is, is you letting me in or somebody else in, and they're sharing privileged information that you didn't invite into that conversation. And this is where I feel like behind me is the truth of many of our lives, is that we don't have a lifeguard on duty. We don't have somebody who's watching, who's listening, who's with anticipation looking, vigilant over our lives. No, we have lifeguards that are missing at the post. Pete, how do I know what's happening? There's a couple of warning signs. A couple of warning. Flashing caution lights. The bridge may be out. Slow down. Uh, turns ahead. Be careful. Number one, is that person there? Let's just start with that one. When you're talking about EJ, is she there? Let's do it this way. Man, every time I see my niece, Savannah, dance, you get to see her true gifts and talents be used. A few different times I've watched her dance on stage during worship, and it has enhanced my experience in the presence of God. I loved it. It was a, a, a sight to see. When she's dancing for the University of Alabama or ADT or whatever the city, whatever's going on, watching her in her element has been beautiful to experience. Okay. Is Savannah here? No. But did I say anything negative about Savannah? No. In fact, what I said was uplifting. It wasn't destructive. That's not gossip. But can I tell you, if that person's there and they start off with, have you heard about Savannah? That should be a caution light. I'm going to watch every word that you say. Is Savannah here? No. What they said was great and uplifting. Beautiful. Love it. Number two, are you uncertain it is true? Is there any inclination that what this individual is sharing with you at all could be untrue? That yellow light's blinking fast. How about this one, number three? Is it at all private or personal? Is there any chance, in other words, that this person wouldn't want that information out there? Now, I understand that we get excited with information, but if I sit there and go, hey, did you hear that Pam and Jim were pregnant? Well, let me ask you this. Is that information that Pam and Jim wanted to share, or did I just steal their thunder? What I said wasn't bad. Being pregnant is great. That's a beautiful experience. But is that privileged or private information? You with me? Number four on this one, caution light. This one is actually more of a red light for me. Is it at all negative? This is where you go, caution rule Robinson, caution rule Robinson. Everything is flashing. Well, Pete, there are situations that are negative situations that we really need to express with other people what's going on. Are there loopholes? Of course there are. But the chances that that loophole will give you permission to gossip are so small, just ignore them. Is that person's life in danger? How about that? Are they going to hurt themselves or somebody else? Well, maybe. Well, then good. Don't tell your aunt. Call the cops. How about that? Don't make a Facebook post about praying for somebody who may or may not. I'm not going to point any fingers here, but you're a problem. 
Like, we're not, we're not going through all that, right? So why is gossip such a big deal? Number one, it breaks relationships. Proverbs 16.28. If you have your Bible, open up that one. Proverbs 16.28. We're going to sit in Proverbs for a while. It says this, a, a perverse person sows strife, and a gossiper separates the bests of friends. Wow. Gossip breaks down relationships. The philosopher uh, Blades Pasquale says this, if I maintain that everybody, I maintain that if everybody knew what everybody else said about them, in the entire world, there may only be four friends. A couple weeks ago, I had uh, the privilege cursed of taking the seniors on their senior trip. And uh, it was a great experience, and we got to ride a ton of roller coasters, a ton. So much so that I think I had vertigo for a couple days when we got home. And uh, I was at SeaWorld, and I think it was like day four, or I don't remember, it was one of the last days that we were there. It's a blur, to be honest with you. And... Uh, Shonda and I got on the roller coaster on the very, very front, and boom, we went. It was great. Tons of flips, tons of twists. Do our thing. We stop, and we look, and there's no one in line. So we just sat there, did it again. So I screamed like a little girl. That's what I do. Hands up, squeal like a pig. It's beautiful. It's a sight to see. And halfway through, drop number like five, I went, ah! I just, nothing came out. I lost my voice. I screamed so much, I lost my voice. Can I tell you, when we say that gossip breaks relationships, gossip steals your voice. It takes the ability to use the voice to impact somebody else's life. If you do something that hurts my feelings and you come to me and you say, hey, Pete, I'm so sorry, we can make it right. We can do that. But if you're actively going out, putting my, you know, to the community and everybody else, putting my name down, that's a hard thing to bring back. It's a disaster. I have watched gossip rip churches apart. I've seen family members no longer speak to other family members for decades at a time because the words that they use. I have seen business leaders and business and co-workers completely give up on their entire business together because of the gossip that was used and the slander that's been broken down. Can I tell you, gossip is horrible and has no rights in our lives. There's a story of a 16th century pastor. He was a new pastor in a town. Young guy came in, uh, and some of the other people just didn't like him. They didn't like his mannerisms. They didn't like his style. They wanted the other guy back. The other guy had left. So uh, one man decided that he was going to go on a campaign to get this young guy voted out. So he's running around talking, and he's doing his thing, and, I'm, and this guy this, and this guy that, and he's going around a church member, a church member, a church member, doing his thing. Well, the church calls in a prayer meeting, and they have fasting and prayer, and throughout the whole month, they were supposed to read Proverbs, a Proverbs a day. As he's reading through it, he starts to get revelation of what he's doing and the gossip that he's sharing. And then just has a moment with God and breaks down. Runs to the pastor and goes, I'm so, so sorry. Everything that I've been doing, and he confesses all of his issues and confesses what he's been doing. 
He said, how can I make it up to you? So the pastor says, I want you to go down to town and go buy a pillow. In Times Square, I want you to take that pillow and rip it open. So he does. Goes and buys a really nice feather pillow and opens it up and the wind blows it around. He runs back to the pastor and he goes, okay, I'm done. Are we good? Pastor goes, one more thing. He goes, anything, pastor. What can I do? He goes, go back into town and pick up the feathers. I can't. He goes, and you can't take back what you've done. Think about that. Once our words have been scattered out, there's no going back. Hey, Daryl, can I get your help for a second? Uh, it, it's, uh, we, probably, we probably won't see too much uh, and rip open feathered pillows and, and everything else. But what one thing we will do, hopefully tonight, if no later than tomorrow, is we'll use toothpaste. Go ahead and squeeze some of that out for me, my dude. You know, just go ahead and squeeze it all as much as you can. Get it all out. Uh, and this is what's taking place. As we are revealing what's taken in other people's lives, we're just squeezing out toothpaste. All right, buddy, I appreciate it. Hey, can you get it back in there for me? I, just, I need to go back in. I, I just, can you try? I mean, get it. Just do your best. You made a mess, Daryl. And you're making a bigger mess. Get any of it get back in? Not much. You can have that. It's like squeezing toothpaste out of the tube. You're not going to get it back in. It's not going to happen. See, gossip destroys your voice in somebody else's life. And while they can say, I'm sorry, and they can apologize, and you should always offer forgiveness, what does take place, because I'm a human, and so are you, is that we remember. I remember when Thomas said this about me, and yeah, we'll be friends, and yeah, we'll be nice, and yeah, we'll be all of those things, but I'm not going to trust him again. You're with me. Gossip is the devil's satanic act for destruction of relationships. In fact, one of the words for slander is diablos. It's the same word we use for the devil. So let me put it this way. When we're engaging in gossip, we're aligning ourselves with the kingdom of darkness. Think about that. The second thing is this, is that gossip is the fuel for conflict. Proverbs 6.26 says this, Where there is no wood, the fire goes out, and when there is no gossip, strife will stop. It's the negative campaigns that we use to knock somebody else down. Now, very shortly, we're going to start seeing um, our local and national politicians stirring up their campaigns. And you know what they're going to do? They're going to talk about how great their opponent is. That their policies are A-OK. And that they don't have any personal issues. That they love America with all their heart. That they love everybody. But you should vote for me because, you know, why not? No. We're, we're going to watch... And what we've been watching is a slender campaign on both sides of the aisle and in the middle and on the top and on the bottom of everybody they can possibly do. 
You know who wins in that? The ad companies. Yeah. Advertisement agencies love it. They're selling spots. And they play both sides of the fence. Well, EJ paid for this time slot. Maybe you should try the same thing. Oh, I'll do the same thing. They go back to EJ. Oh, he, he one-upped you. Oh, I'll put more money into it. And they're just making money like crazy. It's the same thing that the enemy does to us. It's the fuel that continues strife. Because when I talk about Bob and Bob hears about it, maybe Bob was going to take the high road. And then Bob hears what I said. Well, you know what about Pete? Blah, 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 blah. And then it comes back to me. Oh, you know what about Bob? And then it goes back. It continues to add fire or fuel to our fire of strife. You know who wins? Diablos. He wins. He is the gossip ad advertisement for the slander campaigns that take place in our churches. Number three, gossip is addictive and it hurts you like a drug. Gossip is addictive. Proverbs 18 says it like this. A fool's mouth is his destruction, and his lips are a snare to his soul. The words of a gossip are like the tasty trifles that go down into the, most, into the inmost body, and he who is slothful in his work is a brother to him who is a great destroyer. Think about that. The words of a gossip are like tasty chocolates that go on the inside of your body. There's something so sweet about gossip. It is. I'm not going to lie to you. You ever heard some juicy information that you were like, what? Pretty confident everybody heard juicy information about me a couple years ago. Negative information is, uh, is salacious and enticing. There's something so sweet about gossip to both the speaker and the hearer. And I'm shameful to say that I've admitted, I, I, I've partake, partook? Partaken? He popping on us? Uh, I have been a part of that in my life. And you know what happens is you're minding your own business and then somebody says, hey, did you hear about Elaine? Yada, yada. And if I can just because I like to think through the process, there is like a warmth that happens in your brain. Science has proven this, is that when you hear good, juicy gossip, it creates a euphoria, like a drug, in your mind. It's a numbness, it's a warmness, it's an addictive uh, a chemical that is released, and you got to have more. Because there's power in information. There's so much power when you hear that information, and I'm one of the people who are privileged. I now know something that I shouldn't know, but now I do know, things that I didn't know, but now I do know, and I'm included, and I am trusted, and I am powerful, and thank God I'm not as bad as Bob. And I was struggling with my life, and I was struggling with my sins, and I was struggling with my relationship with God, but now... What? <laughs> Me and God are like this? Because Bob is... That's what we do. See, gossip destroys unity. And unity, hear me out, is a necessity 
necessity for a move of God in our church. Think about Acts. They were all in one accord. If we want a real move of God in this place, and we're talking about the Holy Spirit, we're talking about encounters with God, we're talking about crazy worships and moments with God, we need unity more than anything else. A move of God doesn't come about because we strike the right keys or we sing the right songs. A move of God doesn't come around because we pick the right set list or because you were fasting for a month and a half and then all of a sudden you've made this magical jump. No, a move of God takes place when we are united together, everyone's fit in the right spot, doing the right thing, in unity with each other, worshiping God, because God loves when his children are together in unity. In fact, the Bible says that if you have strife with somebody, before you even give, leave it, make it right, and then go back. Think about that. It's a lot easier just to double up my giving than to go talk to Pastor Allen. <laughs> I can pay God off. No. Yesterday I was helping pour concrete. Reality was, I really wasn't helping pour concrete. I was just carrying concrete. Ken was pouring the concrete. And Daryl was con- pouring the concrete. And, and, and Tripp poured it in the wrong spots. It wasn't the thought that counts. He just abandoned his post. <laughs> Sorry, that was gossip. My bad. Well, he's there. It doesn't matter. Um, no. <laughs> no. So what happened, what happened was uh, we had a bush that was in the way. And without a second thought, I got an axe, hit the roots up, and yanked it right out. We put our boards in, we poured the concrete, we moved on. This morning I was thinking about that because that's exactly what happens with our relationships. See, at one time, that bush was important. Somebody thought through the process, they took the money, they took the time, they took the sweat, possibly blood, they dug a hole, they watched it grow, and it was a staple of that area because look at what we did. And it was there for years. And in a matter of two minutes, I yanked it out. That's what gossip does. Is it takes years of relationships to build a friendship, and it takes minutes of talking about that person to rip it out at the roots. And we're talking about looking for a move of God, and we're talking about doing these things, but if we're also talking about other people, we're constantly taking an axe to the root of unity, which will always undo what God's trying to do. So how do I stop? Number one, you repent. You repent. Repentance is turning away. It's not my bad God and we go right back to it again. A repentant heart is someone that turns away from the evil and the wrongness that they've been doing because there's been an illumination in their heart that they were going in the wrong direction. We've all done this. What happens a lot of times back in the day Back when we used to use the, on our road trips, we'd take the Randy McNally maps, you know what I'm talking about? When you realized, oh man, I took the wrong exit, you would stop, you would do a UE, and you would go. Well, nowadays, we don't have to eat the humble pie of doing a U-turn, we just act like we went the way, right way the whole time, because Siri just keeps us on that road and redirects it for us. 
that was so humiliating. I'm like, <sighs> turn around. And now I'm like, no, it's, uh, there was traffic ahead. We're just going to take this road. Yep, <clears throat> I know what I'm doing. Repent. Turn away. Number two, always use the Ephesians 4 filter. In our society, we use filters for every kind of photo and video that we do. Let's filter our words. Ephesians 4.29 says, Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may be grace to the hearers. Verse 30, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, but you were sealed with that day of redemption. Think about that. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for edification. Is what I'm saying or about to hear edifying? Is it uplifting? Is it positive? If they're going to come back and go, I heard you said this about Pete, is he going to be like, man, that was so sweet. Thank you so much. Or is he going to be like, wow, you're a turd. We've both been on both sides of that fence. In fact, my dad uh, has been uh, saying nice things about me recently. Um, no. Uh, and, you know, I have heard both sides. Can I tell you, when I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing, or I've let him down and I hear I let him down, it's not a good thing. But when I hear through the grapevine, man, your dad was singing your praises. I just made my day. Keep it up. Is it edifying to your soul? Number th- so what happens if someone starts to gossip to you? Number one, my first strategy is covering. Did you hear about Elaine? What about Elaine? Yada, yada, yada. Ah, that's not, that doesn't sound like Elaine. I'm going to cover her. I'm going to do my best to protect her. After uh, the, the flood took place, remember the story of Noah you know, he, he took animals on the ark, he did all of his stuff, but obviously he took a bunch of wine because after the flood, he got tore up. And one of the sons goes, oh my goodness, go look at dad. The other two sons walked in backwards and covered him up. Is my words going to protect somebody else in their vulnerable moments? Or is it going to continue to uncover them? My first strategy is this. When I start to hear what's going on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I want to lift them up and cover them. You don't know the whole story. You weren't there. There's two sides to this. Let's not talk about this right now because of all the good things that she is and what she has done or what he has done. Or he. Listen, let's uplift them. Let's not bring them down. Number two, I refuse to listen. If they go, well, you know, I know because my cousin's mama's daddy told me this. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. I don't want to hear this. Can I tell you, you have all rights for freedom of speech and you have all rights of freedom to not listen. You can just say stop. And if you don't know what to say, be like, this is gossip. And when it's you, that's a bomb. I don't gossip. You just did. No, I don't. Then they're totally confused and you walk away. Seriously, this is gossip. I don't want to hear it. Uh... I've, I've used that word so many times for people, and they get into a panic. Absolute panic. You know what's great? Never mind, I'm not going to go there. All right, number three, 
<laughs> I almost went there. You'd been proud. I pulled back. Uh, number three is this. Uh, I, 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 I take the Fauci method and just quarantine. If I look at somebody who is actively sick and they are spreading things that I don't want in my body, I stay away. You what? Yeah. We talked about that last week. If somebody else is drowning, you may not be strong enough to save them. And if somebody else is spreading gossip and you've said, hey, I'm going to cover Elaine. Hey, we're not going to talk about Elaine. But they keep going. I can't be, I don't know. We're not going to do this anymore. We're not going to do this. And I'm going to quarantine myself away from that person. I cover, I say stop, and I don't hang out. It's that easy. And can I tell you, in my life, there have been times where I have, honestly, with, with an innocent of heart, not meaning malice, not meaning anything ill will, begun, began to talk about someone, and somebody else looked at me and go, whoa, whoa, whoa. hey, bud, that's gossip. You know what that did to me? It made me re- reflect on myself. Secondly, it built a bridge with that individual. Like, you can't believe. If they're going to cover somebody else, they're going to cover me too. And your level of trust in their eyes skyrockets. Because we want to build a bridge of trust that can bear the weight of truth. Because there's going to be a moment where I need to speak truth into somebody's life. That's not fun. But they know, hey, they're not being malice. They're not with anger. They're not with envy. They love me enough to speak the truth. Because when they had an opportunity to put somebody else down, they didn't do it. You with me? Let's pray. God, we just thank you for this day. As we wrap this up, Lord, I just ask that right now that as we search our hearts, we search our motives, we search our words, the things that have been going on, Lord, let us be, uh, have our, our, our signals up. Let, let us have a lifeguard on stand, listening to the things that are both coming out of our mouths and both being spoke, spoken to us. Lord, give us ears to hear your word. And if we find ourselves being uh, enticed into hearing, into partaking into gossip lord let this message uh, or uh, bring remembrance to our lives god every time we brush our teeth lord we we open the toothpaste let us reflect on the things that have been said the things that we are saying the things that we're wanting to do and, and think about what's going on is what we're doing edifying or is it tearing down is what we're doing causing uh, a relationship with you and with others to be more positive or are we doing the work of the enemy and god If we've been dealing with that, we'll repent before you, we turn away, and we begin to filter all of our words through Ephesians 4 in your name. Amen. Love you guys. Be blessed. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Have a great week.